This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! Welcome into the Overreaction Podcast. I am Cody Smith, and it might sound a little bit different this week, not getting introduced by the sweet and sultry voice of my co-host Chase, because I can't kick it to him. Unfortunately, this one is going to be a solo pod, so you only have to hear me, can't hear that lovely voice of Chase throughout today. Unfortunately, we're dealing with some technical internet difficulties, so I will be hosting the first ever Overreaction Podcast Solo. And for that, might be a little bit shorter of a week. We'll see how long we go here. Still going to be the same operation. Unfortunately, last week we did go through all of the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends that are going to be hitting free agency that could potentially be cut candidates moving forward to try to get you guys better aligned for the 2023 season. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks, but we're going to do that next week. I want Chase here with me on that podcast so we can really give you both sides potentially of an argument about what we think about each one of those positions going forward. So we're going to put that little mini series on hold for one week we're going to go back to what we've been doing on the overreaction podcast each and every week beforehand though and that is just going through the slate talking about the things that we potentially need to overreact to that just happened from the week that just ended week 11 of the nfl season already underway and in the books it is going by super quickly we're quickly approaching the fantasy football playoffs here week 14 for a lot of people week 15 in some cases as well in most cases as well so we're going to see how this one goes right we're just going to jump straight into the Thursday night game we're going to kind of go through this go through the slate here of what we just saw we did just get right out of as I'm recording this one the Chiefs losing a kind of heartbreaker to the Philadelphia Eagles because of that brutal MVS drop but we will get there by the end of the show first we do need to talk pretty extensively about the Thursday night game that happened this Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens game of Win for the Ravens in pretty convincing matter, but unfortunately, both sides lost pretty significant pieces in this game. The two injuries that are going to affect us most for this game, obviously, the biggest one, Joe Burrow, suffering a season-hending wrist ligament injury. That one's going to put him out for the rest of the year, but should make a full recovery back for 2023. Quick takeaways from this injury, I mean, you're really going to be looking at this, obviously, not having any points going forward. All these competing teams that are having Joe Burrow, hoping to have him all the way down the stretch, not going to be the case anymore. So what are you looking to do here? Can those teams that are tanking right now buy low on Joe Burrow? Can the contenders try to pivot off of him, pivot down to somebody else? Can't pivot CJ Stroud anymore, even after one of his worst games, still throwing for a lot of yards. So that's not really going to be your pivot here. You're probably going to want to stay in the same tier, but again, you have to find the team that's willing to make the deal with you. I think that honestly, the Joe Burrow one's probably going to be a little bit harder than most just because I don't think that this has any long-term dip to his dynasty fantasy football production. You're going to have to find the right team that has enough assets for you to want to tier off to and 
find the team that has him on the contender. It's a lot of moving pieces here. It's going to be a very difficult deal to construct in a lot of places. And so what does that really look like? If we can go over to the KTC values for the quarterbacks, maybe we can find a little bit of a pivot down for what you could potentially do with your Joe Burrows. First things that come to mind, if you're really trying to get down and out of that Joe Burrow range for the rest of the year, maybe can you get down to, I don't even think you're probably getting like a two attack of lowest straight up. That's probably something where, you know, that, that person that has two is still running well with him. Probably not getting anything there yet. I think he probably got to go down into this little bit grosser range. The Trevor Lawrence, the Dak Prescott, the Brock Purdy, even if you're willing to take that far down of a pivot. And so what you're looking for on top of those, I think you can probably still get the first. Joe Burrow has already slipped down all the way to QB7 on KTC here, being outproduced by Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, CJ Stroud, Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes. And so I do think that you're probably looking for almost a straight swap at Tua, and then you're probably trying to get a little bit more tacked on with an underperforming Trevor Lawrence, who did have a good week, but I think that is probably going to be your main pivot points here. Looking in that Dak Prescott, who's overperforming what he's done recently, Trevor Lawrence or Brock Purdy, and trying to get that first round or first round plus on top of him, it's going to hurt. But if you still want to stay in contention, you're suffering at quarterback with all of these injuries that have been happening to the position over the course of the year, it may be something that you want to do if you're trying to still stay in that contending now window. And if you're on the other side of this one, on the Baltimore Ravens side, they lost their starting tight end, Mark Andrews, to his tibia injury, the broken bone in the ankle and foot, and potentially ruptured tendons. We did hear the report from John Harbaugh come out earlier today, though, that it does not look like this is going to be as significant of an injury and that he could be back sometime this year. They're keeping that timetable open for him. Unfortunately, for our purposes here on the Overreaction Pod and for fantasy football he's not going to come back this isn't uh, i don't think there's any way that this is you know that miraculous aaron Rodgers recovery i don't think this is anything that he can get back before week 17 of this year so it is only for nfl purposes that he could potentially be back and you lose out on one of the premier tight end assets that you have and you've been riding probably starting every single week that he hasn't been on bye week so far so what do you do there can you make that real pivot it's unfortunate to do here because there's really only those five tight ends that matter right now. Trey McBride's almost sneaking into there all the way up to number seven on KTC. So you can, can you potentially get a Trey McBride pivot off of the Mark Andrews, Dalton Kincaid, Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, and Sam Laporta all the way up at tight end one in Dynasty Fantasy Football are all above Mark Andrews as we currently speak on KTC. So I think that's where you're trying to make the pivot, but I don't think you're getting straight swaps for any of those guys. Trey McBride would be the one to target. And then I really don't want to go outside of there. I don't want to go down to the Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, Jake Ferguson, Cole Komet. You're getting into that flat replacement level range of tight end, and you don't even have the youth upside that we do see with Dalton Kincaid and Sam Laporta. Not really sure that that's where I'm trying to go with the Mark Andrews. If I can't get one of the, if I really can't get a Trey McBride almost one for one here, unless I'm getting a significant piece on top of a Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, Jake Ferguson, Cole Komet, then I'd rather just probably punt this one all the way out. I don't want to invest any significant capital into these flat tier range of asset guys. This isn't really one I want, where I want to burn any of my remaining capital either. So I'm going to go down all the way. I'm just going to try to play the game of the replacement 
level tight ends play this game of can I go down all the way to the John U. Smiths, the Logan Thomas, the Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett, Daniel Bellinger for the rest of the year and just roll these guys out. If I have to burn a third to replace at that level, sure, I'll do that. But hopefully you already have one of those as the backup on your team. And I don't want to be spending up any more capital to try to fix that position. So that's kind of where I'm at with the Mark Andrews injury and the Joe Burrow injuries. If you have any questions about those going forward, we're talking about those all the time in the Heisman House, in the Discord, also in the DTI 5 tier if you're over there. And I'm sure they're going to be talked about on almost every single pod going forward throughout the rest of this week. Moving forward and out of this game, I don't really have anything. Major takeaways, uh, I'm going to go with Houston and Arizona now. A very good game. Houston pulls out another you know, comeback late second victory here against the Arizona Cardinals. A little bit of a scary game for C.J. Stroud. Not probably one of his worst games that he's played over the last couple of weeks other than that uh, QB1 overall matchup with Bryce Young earlier against the Panthers where they did suffer that loss. I know the Tank Dell conversation is going to be one that's pretty massive right now. I think he shot all the way up to unfound levels in KTC as well. People are absolutely loving themselves what we've seen from Tank Dell, and I'm loving it too, but I don't know if I'm willing to get up to those wide receiver 15 prices yet. We haven't seen this wide receiver room fully come together. I do love the fact that he's paired with CJ Stroud. I was completely wrong on CJ Stroud in the pre-draft process. I was completely wrong with disliking that the Texans took him. We are at completely different times now, and that is why we have to be fluid in these markets but putting tank dell here up at wide receiver 15 not sure that i'm willing to get there yet i think i'd have him more down around the i mean him and nico collins even i don't know that i'd have that large of a gap between tank dell and nico collins even at this point so i know there's been a lot of good games i think there's very good things to come from tank dell and nico collins but i'm not willing to put all my eggs into that basket yet and if i could get out for the guys that he's going around currently right now like the brandon iukes the zay flowers dj moore drake london Honestly, I think I'd still be I'd still be willing to do that and move off of the couple of good games that we've seen here from Tank Dell recently. While the Houston Texans do not have a full wide receiver core, but I do love the future and what he can be for this offense in the NFL going forward. I just don't know if the fantasy football production is going to be as similar because right now that defense is not very good. In this game, they're having to turn the ball over as well a bunch of times. So the yardage was really high. We'll see if this continues for the Houston Texans. I would love to say it does as a fan. It's been awesome to watch. Awesome to see Houston actually be excited about football again. But I'm I'm a little bit of a pessimistic fan too. So you got to put that into a little bit of account. I'm not going to jump out ahead of my skis almost ever. I'm going to be a little bit slower with my own team to react to them. But I know that's not how we're playing a lot of Dynasty Fantasy Football anymore. It is each and every week reactionary. I'm just not willing to overreact to it yet here on the Overreaction Pod. And so moving on from that game, I don't think I really have anything else other than Trey McBride, I do think does deserve that level of a ranking in those KTC values up in that, uh, you know, tight end six, tight end seven overall right now. He's showing out incredibly well with Kyler Murray. At this point, I don't have any concerns about Zach Ertz coming back anymore, maybe outside of the end of this year, maybe down a little bit of a playoff stretch. But Kyler Murray does look like he's found a guy and Trey McBride and every quarterback that's played this year with him really does look like they found a guy with Trey McBride. Next game going into the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. I don't have anything except these two offenses are God awful. The Cleveland Browns defense is going to win them games just like they did in this one, but Kenny Pickett ain't it. Matt Canada ain't it. This entire offense, 
I don't really want any of it throughout the re- throughout the rest of the year. They have another game that's just god awful in terms of yardage. The Cleveland Browns with DTR. I mean, yeah, they won the game, but if I could get out of any of the assets over there, I don't I don't really want to be trusting these guys going down the stretch. But with a lot of the offenses and the way they are right now, you might just have to rely on them because a lot of the pieces you ain't getting anything worth of their value for if you can hold them into 2024 might look a little bit better. Next game that I've got is the Tennessee Titans at Jacksonville Jaguars. Was good to see another Calvin Ridley game come back. Trevor Lawrence balling out as well. But against the Tennessee Titans right now, I'm really not too concerned or I'm not really trying to overreact to a good Jacksonville game. I'd like to see them do it against somebody else here as that defense is a little bit suspect right now through the air at least. And so for that game, not really too many takeaways for me. Good to see the bounce back from T-Law and this offense, but not really looking at to it as a major long-term thing. Will Levis is the other one here. Only 17 pass attempts. Offense as a whole, only 143 yards, 92 on the ground. Derrick Henry with another 10 for 38 game. It might be time to just ban and ship on Derrick Henry. But we are getting in a Yeti season. Maybe as the month turns to December, we can pick up back an old Derrick Henry. I just don't know if that's the case with how inept this entire offense looks right now. Will Levis is going to have to step it up to give this rushing game a little bit of rushing room and an offensive line that's just not playing very good football right now. Rather probably stay away and see if I can get out make somebody buy into a little bit of Derrick Henry hype down the road, but it is not looking good for the King Las Vegas, Miami. I don't really have anything here to a struggling a little bit, only putting up 20 points against Las Vegas Raiders and the Raiders. I mean, that team, while they had their one week uh, pie in the sky window after the firing of Josh McDaniels, Looks like that's probably going to come to an end here sooner rather than later. I don't think they're going to be able to keep that mojo going forward. If I could get off of the Josh Jacobs, Vontae Adams-led guys here uh, with Aiden O'Connell, I don't know if you're ever going to string together enough good games to really make this work. But you are playing against Miami defense. It's playing really, really good football right now. So maybe there are some better days ahead for them. Dallas and Carolina, the only thing here is, good God, how much longer can Frank Reich and this system actually stay put together? This might be the one-and-done firing. And Bryce Young, you do have some. You have to have some concern that this could be one where the quarterback is ruined rather than made. We see it. We see it all the time. A lot of these quarterbacks. I mean, you can look. Just look at all of the 2021 quarterbacks that we'll get into later. None of these guys look like they are really anything special right now. The system is awful. They don't have their first round pick. You're probably going into a new offensive coordinator, a new head coach, and if, with Tepper being there as well. Don't know if he even makes it through the entire year. It could be a hack at 2.0 situation here in Carolina. And the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, they just basically had a bye week, just absolutely steamrolling over them. 33 points to 10. Yeah, there's really no takeaway here that I've got too much. Chicago and Detroit. Detroit played probably their worst game and still came out with the win. Justin Fields losing another just, I mean, probably one of the better games that he's played. And then you get him in that, hey, you've got one drive to make it happen. First, second play, takes the sack, fumbles the ball, game over, safety out the back of the end zone. Uh, this is the game you play. This is the game you play with Justin Fields. He can do some special things. He'll have some special moments. And then when it comes to big-time plays, times to make actually winning football games, you're not going to do it. And now the this Chicago Bears team, I mean, how do, how do you keep going forward and rolling out this Justin Fields? I've seen a lot of talk about potentially them not taking a quarterback. I don't know how you could. 
He's only won six games in his NFL career, I believe the number is, over the first three years. You're going to have a top three pick. Uh, you're going to have potentially another one with the Cardinals. It's I don't I don't know how you run I don't know how you run this back. I don't know how you run it back again, especially if you're there. You don't know when you're getting back. Maybe he in his fourth year would put together enough games to get you just into that like tenth overall range as a draft pick, and then you're just out of it. Whenever you have these chances, you've got to make the pick of the quarterback. And so I do have long still, I know it's not a surprise, not a shocker coming from me, but I still have long-term concerns about Justin Fields and his ability to even take starting snaps in the NFL in 2024. So another asset, if somebody wants the points down the stretch, that'd be one I'd definitely still trying to pivot off of if I don't need the points, not trying to ride him into 2024 to see him end up in another Trey Lance-esque situation, not really wanting to do that. Going to jump into the Chargers game here. I don't have too much on the actual game itself. Justin Herbert is doing absolutely everything that he can out there. Looking like Patrick Mahomes with all of his wide receivers making drops left and right. Austin Eckler looks like he has absolutely lost a step getting chased down from the back. If he's not getting receiving production, he ain't going to have a good game, and he really didn't have one in this game. I think he did fall into the end zone to salvage it a little bit, though. This Chargers, though, how, how do you... I mean, we're, we're on the how do you keep rolling them back out train? How do you keep rolling back? How does Staley have a job today? I don't know how we wake up on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, I guess because you don't want to fire him right before Thanksgiving. But I don't even care what happens next week if the uh, if Staley and the Chargers are still a match made in heaven or he's still trying to defend himself saying that he, as the defensive coach, when the defense keeps losing them games, whenever you're getting Jordan Love putting up 333 yards on you, and you want to say it's not your fault. I know it wasn't fully his fault, but you've had all of this time to put together a good defense. I don't care. I don't want to hear an injury excuse. I don't want to hear anything. Staley, come on. Like we, we can't be doing this. There is a little bit of news going forward with that one, though, that we have to take into account for fantasy, not just trying to keep it fully NFL. It's Justin Herbert. I, I don't know. Does Kellen Moore, uh, does Kellen Moore actually step into a role here? Or do they do a full clean house firing? I kind of more lean that way. I don't know if you really want to get Kellen Moore to just run the same thing. What do you what do you make differently unless you can hire a defensive coordinator that you that doesn't land a head coaching job? You you better get a really good defensive coordinator coordinator in there to turn this thing around. It feels like the Chargers do have that little bit of curse vibe to them. It's just Keenan Allen right now. That's it. It's the only thing they have. Austin Eckler looks like he's on his last legs. Um, Justin Herbert might be in for a little bit of just like sitting around in the snowman's land in terms of the NFL. And then honestly, in terms of fantasy, if you can't get to that next level, he's just going to keep sitting in that. He's going to sit in a very good range, but I don't know if we really truthfully have that QB one upside right now that I think we all wanted to see. And I think, th think a lot of us thought we could see with Kellen Moore. If he's still head coach there, I don't know. I don't know what this organization is right now. They just seem to be all over the place schematically as well. I would rather I'd rather stay away. If I can pivot to another spot within that top five, maybe that's something you could pursue here. I'm still very, I'm still very comfortable with Burrow and the Bengals going forward, but I don't really know, especially as Keenan Allen gets to the other side of 30, 31, 32 years old here. Do you, would you, would you actually look to potentially pivot off of that Burrow 
pivot off Justin Herbert, pivot over to Burrow and see if that's a little bit more stable of a situation going forward. I think it could potentially be. So maybe that's one we look forward to, to get out of some of those Joe Burrow shares on some competing rosters. You'll probably still have to pay up a little bit, but I think I'd be willing to make that pivot move and get into an asset that I think is a little bit more secure as one of those top end quarterbacks. Moving into, I did want to circle back to that Miami Dolphins game real quick. We did have Devon A-Chain get hurt on his second touchback. Second touchback from IR. I mean, a little bit of a re-injury to that knee. The good thing here, it does look like he was trying to get back into the game. I know a lot of people are probably going to start being concerned on this one, that maybe he's his size and everything does lead him to be a little bit more injury prone. It could But for me, with the role that he has in this offense, being in this explosive Miami Dolphins backfield, that's a risk I'm definitely willing to take. If anybody's starting to get panicked on an A-chain injury, I'm probably not doing that whenever he was RB1 prices. Uh, probably Probably not getting back to that yet because I don't think you have to. But if anybody's trying to get a little bit of panic and sell off of some Devon A-chain, definitely would have no hesitations to go back in there. And with only basically the same injury, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it yet. Don't think as a rookie that you need to really start having long-term concerns about Devon A-Chain having injuries. Next up, we got the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders. Again, back to the train. How does Ron Rivera have a job today? And then the Washington football, uh, Washington Commanders football team organization as a whole. Where are we at, guys? We can't even get hot water in the showers after the game. Like, come on. Why? At this level of just pure incompetence, it feels like all of the time from Ron Rivera using an outside voice to a lot of things that should probably remain in house. Does the enemy stay here? I know we've had a lot. We've had a lot of Sam Howell hype around here and I think it is deserved because this guy is just getting absolutely mauled back there an absolute baller that just keeps getting up every single time playing with that gunslinger kind of like early Josh Allen-esque days with that same kind of style of play of just hey we're going to throw the ball around we're going to run a little bit as well we're just going to take some hits that we're just going to keep popping back up from so I love the grit from the kid but again what does the situation look like if you do clean house here if you have something completely new The nice thing is you do have that Terry McLaurin, you have that Dotson in there and with you. And so, again, kind of like the Chargers situation, we've seen a lot of talk about this Kellen Moore and the enemy stepping in to lead the offense. I'm a little bit concerned that that might not be the case. And what does it look like with a new offensive scheme, new offensive weapon, new offensive system for Sam Howell learning another one in year two? I don't know if it looks too much different than this. I just hope that they don't try to reel him in and try to bring him back a little bit because the fantasy production that we're seeing right now out of Sam Howell, I do believe he's definitely the starter going forward in 2024 for whoever does come in here. If it is B enemy or if it's another team, I'd still like to, I'd still like to see it be B enemy unless he's lost the locker room as well. And then in that case, let's just get something new in there. Try to sure up this offensive line because as much as I do love this gunslinger baller attitude, we need to protect this guy a little bit at some point too. Don't want to see him turn into basically like the next Daniel Jones and people will hate that comparison. But uh, whenever you see that type of offensive line, at least he does have some weapons around him, but man, he, you start having to play a different way. Things don't go as well. You got Gibson leaving. So you're just going to keep handing the ball off to Brian Robinson. And can he take the beating that he's also been taken as well? Some questions going forward with this team, but I still think I'm willing to bet on Sam Howell being that quarterback for 2024 at least playing well enough within the situation, whatever that is, to think that he's going to be a little bit okay going forward. On the other side of the ball, though, 
this is why this is why Ron Rivera needs to be fired. You just let Tommy DeVito turn into an all pro quarterback eight quarterback eight on the week. Tommy DeVito in normal scoring formats. What are we doing? Washington defense. But the Italian DeVito cannot be doing this to you. I mean, I hope that he got a well-cooked meal from his mama. He deserves it. Some fresh sheets as soon as he got home. But, man, you cannot let this offense do that to you. Um, I, I do think, though, like, hey, that, kid, that kid's going to go out there and he's going to sling it around just as well throughout the rest of the year. Don't think there's really any reason if you try to pick up some of those uh, – speculative Matt Barkley shares that he was going to get in after you see a game like this, there ain't no chance that he's getting back in for a little while here. So it's going to be DeVito going down the stretch and Hey, if you can put some games together like this, I know it was against this Washington defense, but at least you have a little bit of upside scoring in a QB world that is massively hurting right now, especially if you're playing in best ball, I will definitely roster some Tommy DeVito, but you ain't paying much for him. He, I mean, Tommy DeVito becomes the starter of the future. We have some uh, different problems across the NFL at quarterback, more than likely. You know, maybe he does turn into a Brock Purdy, but I would doubt that that's the case. Speaking of Brock Purdy, though, what what are the haters going to say now? What are we going to say now to stop Brock Purdy from being a starter? Can we stop? Can we stop the narrative of every other quarterback that Kyle Shanahan wants more than this kid? Why would you want? Anybody else other than Brock Purdy, you're only going to have to pay less than a million dollars or right around a million dollars for another year after this year. And you're winning football games like this. I know he was coming off that little bit of a cold streak, but coming out here throwing for 333 yards, three touchdowns. And oh, by the way, perfect passer rating, joining only Montana as the other San Francisco quarterback to ever do that in the history of the franchise. Rock out, rock out with your Brock out. This is the game. This is the game that should seal for everybody, seal all of the haters away forever coming at this kid that he just sucks. I, I don't know what this kid can do other than just keep going out there, winning football games. They're gonna go. I think they're gonna go on a deep playoff run here. And Brandon Ayuk as well. That dude is an absolute monster too. If they ever upped the target rate if they ever up the amount of times they would throw in this game he'd be a wide receiver one in fantasy he really would be but this team is going to keep things tight they're going to play through defense they're going to play through efficiency on the offensive side of the ball and so it may be a little bit more boom bust but man Brandon Ayuk even Debo Samuel obviously Christian McCaffrey as long as he's healthy is a running back one each and every week as well love this team love what they're doing the, the pace of play, the amount of attempts could be a little bit better, but for what you're getting out of it each and every week, I have no complaints going forward. Fire up every piece of San Francisco every time you can. Quarterback, though, that we do have to talk about, that's the Jets. Uh, the Jets have finally seen enough. The leash has finally run out for Zach Wilson, and he will no longer be the starter in New York Jets system and potentially anywhere else ever again. Um, this is it's been a brutal experience. It's been a brutal experience for three years. I think the only question that most people have here is why hasn't this happened earlier? You're, I mean, you're just looking at everything on this field. The players look dejected every time they have to, they see the ball just get thrown into the dirt on every screen play because he's getting scared before he can even let the screen develop. Garrett Wilson just like throwing his head up and saying, Oh my God, could I have anything thrown potentially near me that I don't have to make an absolutely acrobatic catch on? It's been brutal here. It's been a failed experiment, and you just hope that Aaron Rodgers can actually somehow get back at this unprecedented timeline of mid-December. 
I still don't think that happens because you need a doctor to medically clear on that. I do think he's still a lost cause for all of your fantasy football games, but he's coming back in 2024 and this team should look a lot better. I think you give a pass to Salah, you give a pass to Hackett, and they're going to try to run back with exactly what they had. But the rest of this year, it's just going to be seeing if any of these young guys can develop. That's why we see the Alan Lazard getting phased out of the offense for guys like Xavier Gibson right now. Jason Brownlee's probably going to get a little bit of a run here. Is he a Banacanda down the stretch? potentially playing over Dalvin Cook. And I think if they lose next week, their playoff chances go down to like a 1%. They can't win a game with Tim Boyle in there, which sounds like a pretty drastic proposition as well. I think you're going to see a lot of you're going to see a lot of youth here the rest of the way does give me some concern. Um, maybe they try to keep Brees Hall a little bit healthier down the stretch because what's really the need to run him out there 20 times a game whenever you're no longer competing for a playoff run. This team unfortunate man you you basically just end the season four games in they gave zach wilson every single chance they could but whenever your guys have no motivation to go out there and play for you because there's no chance that they're winning games anymore and they know what the situation is they know they know everything about this kid now i mean just to cap it off with running backwards onto the field and tripping over and falling it's it's been brutal for the kid i hope somewhere he can get a newfound confidence maybe even turn himself into kind of that sam darnold that we've seen just get turned into a confident backup and at least put a little bit of this pressure that seems like it was just so much for him a little bit into the void a couple years from now. Maybe it is a couple years down the line that we see Zach Wilson be back in a starting role. And I hope I hope for his sake that he can get there mentally because it does seem like that's what it is. We know he's got a lot of the physical capabilities, but could not put it together really at any point throughout all of his rookie career. And so we've come to an end with it. You can cut him everywhere. He's not even the he's not even the backup anymore. Trevor Simeon's the backup, so he's going to be there as the third emergency quarterback. He's not playing another snap for the Jets, barring extreme circumstances. So Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon the rest of the way. You can do yeah, I don't know if you can do much worse at quarterback, but with where again, with where quarterbacks are this year in Superflex, you're probably going to need to be rostering that Tim Boyle. And I'd honestly roster Trevor Simeon too, because there's a good chance that he gets some starting work down the stretch as well. If Tim Boyle can't put together a win either, I don't know why you wouldn't at least maybe see if Trevor Simeon can do something potentially as well. Going back over to the West Coast, though, we're going to go to the New York Jets. Or no, we're going to go to the, we're just on them. We're going to go to the Seattle Seahawks. And we're going to go to the Rams game. Unfortunately, a couple of injuries taken away from this one. Cooper Cup did get his ankle a little bit twisted, a little bit stepped on here in this one. Again, another guy like A-Chain trying to come back in the game. But we do have the Thursday night games of... Geno Smith playing on Thanksgiving here. That's the slate that's coming up. The the Thanksgiving games. Geno Smith did suffer that injury to the back of his elbow. And so we'll see. I think this is kind of just like a swelling swelling pain tolerance thing. Does it flare up throughout the rest of the week? If it doesn't, he did come back in at the end of the game after his injury. And then Drew Locke failed experience there. I wouldn't just go and cut every Drew Locke, though. Obviously, much harder to come in and play as the backup, just cold off the bench than it would be if he had a full week to prepare. If you are playing that backup QB game that a lot of people are potentially starting to go to now in those lineup leagues, don't think I'm just cutting Drew Locke because it did not look good. Coming in cold off the bench, if he had a week to prepare, I think it would look a little bit better, but we also kind of know what Drew Locke is, too. Um, I do hope that Geno Smith can play on this Thursday night game. It is going to be against San Francisco, though, so maybe they do hold him out. Monitoring that one going forward. The one that we really, I think, need to be worried about, though, here is Ken Walker. Uh, dealing with the 
undisclosed injury, I think, at this point. We'll see what that becomes, and we'll see. Obviously, Seattle and Pete Carroll, you can't trust them as, th- as far as you can throw him as far as injuries go. And I kind of respect it as a you know guy just protecting his players and everything like that. But definitely one that you'll have to monitor a couple of days into the week. It does open up the room for Charbonnet to be this lead back with DJ Dallas being really the only one here that you're going to be caring about. Maybe Kenny McIntosh gets activated and gets a few touches here, but it should be the Zach Charbonnet show. Hopefully, he's going to be able to ball out a little bit. Obviously, one of the guys that I loved in the pre-draft process, but they do have a brutal stretch of games coming up here. Don't know if it's going to be the best opportune time for Zach Charbonnet to step into a role where he has to take 80% of the touches or whatever that split's going to be if Ken Walker does miss time. Monitor that one going forward. But I think if you can sell somebody on the upside of Zach Charbonnet over these next couple games because he's going to have an increased workload, I think you should probably actually do that because it's not potentially going to look good here over the next couple of games. On the other side of the football, Nakua, I think he's perfectly fine. Uh, Austin Trammell, though, I'll give you a little bit of a sneak peek into the waiver wire article. Go check that out after this show that's going to be dropping here for y'all. Uh, Austin Trammell, if, if Cooper Cup is missing any time, he was the one who was playing as that next up wide receiver behind Nakua. And behind Tutu Atwell. So Austin Trammell looks like he's the guy. They traded out Van Jefferson. Looks like Ben Skoranek and Marcus Robinson have been basically reduced to afterthoughts here. So, I mean, he picked up six targets in this game. Probably only a one-week thing. But if Cooper Cup does miss this week with that ankle injury, could be one that you want to pick up in some best ball leagues. The only other one that we're going to get to here before this Monday night game, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the Sunday night game. Josh Dobbs playing well again in Denver, but unfortunately not enough to get the win. It is going to be Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos picking up a win here. Kind of a close, hard fought game. Definitely lean into unders here. Cortland Sutton's really the only thing I think that you can take away from this one is it looks like he's very secure to be. Russell Wilson's guy going forward over Jerry Judy on the other side of the football. I wouldn't be too concerned about the kind of disappearance that we've seen from the Jordan Addison. I think that with this offense run by Dobbs, I think that he's just going to have a little bit lower of an upside. The passing volume is just going to go way down because Kirk Cousins was absolutely throwing the ball all around the field. Any chance he could get the game's just going to look different with Josh Dobbs in there. I will say, however, though, I don't think Josh Dobbs is dead in 2023. I don't think that you're only running him for the rest of the year. He's very good in fantasy because of that rushing floor that he does provide. And especially playing with this Minnesota team right now and all the weapons they have this Denver Broncos defense has become a lot better since that 70 point blowout up in Miami and so Josh Dobbs against actually what's become a pretty good defense right now put together another pretty solid game here I think that he's going to be the quarterback for the rest of this year and I do think we have to remember what surgery Kirk Cousins got here Kirk Cousins if they want to bring him back probably on a little bit of a reduced deal he only got the Achilles injury the standard one he didn't get the speed bridge that we've seen from the guys of Cam Akers J.K. Dobbins Aaron Rodgers because there was no real reason for him to push back for this year so we're probably still looking at like that 12-month timeline for Kirk Cousins and if that happens I don't know why this team with the newfound love that they've had unless it just falls apart at the end of the season why would you not just bring Josh Dobbs back 
I really think that he's going to start games in 2023, if not with Minnesota, somewhere else, because we've seen the quarterback play around the field. He's probably been a top 15, top 20 quarterback in the league this year. And so why would he not be? I don't think that you're really just getting games down for the stretch here. So even if you're on a tank team, I don't really have any personal necessity to move off of Josh Dobbs just to try to get whatever I can. I do think you still have a little bit of found money going forward and we'll see what he could could potentially turn into post a couple of games in 2024 if that's with Minnesota or as a potential starter for another team in 2024. Only game we got left then is this Monday night game and that is going to be that 21 to 17 win by the Philadelphia Eagles over the Kansas City Chiefs. Not really a game that you want too many pieces of only 150 yards of passing for the Eagles, 177 and two touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes, rainy, wet, just disgusting looking game out there. And a lot of it went to the ground game. DeAndre Swift with 70 yards, Isaiah Pacheco with almost 90. Not a game that you really wanted anything of outside of maybe Devonta Smith, especially on the Eagles side, going down and catching that ball only at the one if he could have been in the end zone. Would have been an awesome day for Devonta Smith, but an absolute afterthought in A.J. Brown, four targets, one catch, eight yards, absolute wolf burger from A.J. Brown after a lot of good weeks in a row. On the other side of the ball, Travis Kelsey uh, did get a little bit of a roll up on his ankle, but he was playing out the rest of the game. Unfortunate one for him with a couple of drops. This entire team just drops all over the place. This Kansas City team stat that was put out after the game, they're averaging the league low in points in the second half of games. 5.3 points per game in the second half of football games. The worst in the league. Yes, even worse than those Kenny Pickett-led Steelers with Matt Canada. Even worse than the Giants who feel like they haven't scored anything in ages outside of this last Tommy DeVito game. This offense is broken right now. They don't have any pass catchers that can actually catch the ball consistently. We saw the MVS drop that would have sealed the game at the end there. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still doing everything he can out there. If you've got anybody worried about him, this offense just needs something else other than Travis Kelsey. Even with nine targets, seven receptions, but 44 yards and one touchdown right now, you're running Justin Watson out there as your wide receiver one. It just is not going to work with this offense the way it's built right now. And especially as they're built up through the defense, they're going to try to play. They're going to try to limit what Patrick Mahomes has to do in the passing game, not because of Patrick Mahomes, because he just doesn't have the weapons right now. All that you have to do is sit out here, break down Travis Kelsey, make sure that he can't get anything big on you. And everybody else is just going to drop the ball. And even Travis Kelsey's dropping the ball today. So, I don't think it's going to look very good. I, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is going to be top six rest of way, uh, like really even have that upside kind of just because of the position. Travis Kelsey is still going to be up there, but Patrick Mahomes rest of way. Honestly, you're probably not going to have it. I still have him up there as a Q, top three QB, but this offense is going to need something moving forward for him to really get back up into that level of scoring consistently week to week. Not something that we're currently seeing right now and something I don't think has any chance. We're 11 weeks into this. What we see is what we get at this point now. Nothing else is going to really come here. This team's going to play through defense. They're going to try to keep games close and hopefully somebody can catch the ball down the stretch when Patrick Mahomes actually throws it to him. And as well as the defense playing, they're still going to win a hell of a lot of games. Keeping this Philadelphia Eagles team to a 21-17 to win only with how offense played at times. 
Another game with zero points in the second half. Just couldn't do anything there. We'll see what the offense is going forward. Again, don't have any concerns about Patrick Mahomes long-term. They'll figure this out. Andy Reid will reinvent it. They'll get a wide receiver in here, hopefully either through the draft or through free agency, preferably that way, so we can get somebody who's a little bit more proven than trying to keep hitting on these guys. Like Rasheed Rice, who I like, but I don't think you can be relying on Rasheed Rice as a wide receiver one, trading for Kadarius Toney, getting Sky Moore and seeing if he can develop Develop. This just isn't the way to build a passing attack for Patrick Mahomes, who should he deserves a lot more than what he's currently having to work with right now. That's going to be where we're going to wrap this one up. 41 minutes of overreacting to everything within week 11 of the NFL season. Probably not as much of a fantasy football takes here as I am just rambling through these each one. A lot easier whenever Chase is here because he can give you some god-awful takes that I can counteract. I can give some god-awful takes. I probably did within here, and Chase is going to correct me. So glad to have him back next week. We'll be rocking and rolling again. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Hopefully you all enjoyed me breaking down this Week 11 slate, though. And before we get out of here, do want to go through, do all the plugs. Like I mentioned earlier, they just dropped waiver wire article, Dynasty waiver wire article for Week 12 looking ahead here. So go check that out if you have access to the destinationdevy.com website and all of the other articles over there that are dropping every single day. If you're not there, make sure you get there right away. And then also have to shout out the Discord, the DTI 5 tier, the Heisman tier. That's where we are at each and every day. If you want access to me, Chase, all of the other content creators in there each and every single day, voice access all the time, literally just, I'm probably in there. I know I've said it before on this show, but I am probably in that chat, either in the background, listening in at work or actually talking after work probably 60 hours a week almost if not more this is what we do what we love and we hope that y'all can get in there join us on it and seriously the best place to learn about dynasty fantasy football and put your process to the test each and every week and evolve the game from where it currently is right now it's how i got into this space grace thank you so much for giving us me chase the opportunity to be able to do this because it is an absolute blast and we truly do learn so much in such a quick and short time if you do immerse yourself in there the best place in all of dynasty fantasy football to go if you truly want to evolve your game to the next level and with that you can follow me cody smith tfdr on x chase at trophy chase tfdr and with that we will be signing off of the solo pod first time ever on the overreaction pod Thank you so much for joining me.